Hello, everybody, and welcome to Geopolitics in Conflict Show. It's been a long time since I came on air on the uh, live stream, that is. I know I'm sure you've been watching the other videos that we've been, you know, uh, releasing. And so, anyway, I am here, so excited to be here, because I wanted to talk to you about an issue pertaining to energy, okay? Today... The OPEC Plus announced a major oil production cut. We're looking at a 2 million barrel a day. Will it impact you? You know, and how? And this is what we're going to be getting into discussion today. So first of all, I wanted to announce to you the upcoming launching of my new channel called the Geopolitical Trends. Okay. This one will be mainly live streams. You know, the geopolitics in conflict show will still be there. Uh, it's just this one will be different. And I will be addressing, I will be doing it solo. I will be addressing the most pressing issues of the day. And there are many. You can only imagine where the world is heading. So uh, it will be a different format, as I said, from the geopolitics in conflict. So make sure to keep an eye open on that. And once it's launched, which will be in the next few days, make sure you subscribe so we can grow that channel even bigger. So. Anyway, let's talk about uh, uh, the topic today. And by the way, uh, drop me a note on the chat. Let me know where you are watching this from. So it's, it's always nice to know. I've already seen somebody from New York, uh, upstate New York, I believe. I used to live in Pennsylvania, close to New York. Uh, so uh, anyway, so excited to be here with you guys. So as I said, what I'm going to be talking about today is oil prices. So but... Before we get into this, you need to place this topic within the context of two main things. One is energy security, and two is geopolitical perspective. So, but the context, which what I will address separately, but you also have to keep in mind, in the back of your mind, uh, like I always say, you look for the trends. So, and with the announcement today, you're going to have to keep in mind the upcoming Brazilian elections, presidential elections, that is, which happened, by the way, the first round last Sunday on the 2nd, and the next one's going to be on October 30th. That will have a seismic change, by the way, on the geopolitical landscape, and I will tell you why uh, if, I, uh, if I do a video on it. So, Second thing is the uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia's rapprochement. Because as you know, and I remember I did a video about this in which I titled it, I remember uh, Saudi's uh, snobs, the Americans, but embraces the Russians. Once again, to me, it was a trend that I had to keep an eye on to see where this is going. And this is exactly what OPEC Plus did today in Vienna. So, And the third element within this context is has to do with China and India. Why is that? It's because China and India refused to bow to the West pressure not to import oil from Russia. So you all can see where this is headed. I mean, I know it's not a laughing matter because oil price is going to go up. And you need to understand or plan ahead of time. This is the reason why I kind of made decision today and just came on the air here to share this with you because you need to know where this is headed so you can prepare yourself doesn't matter what part of the world you are in if we are talking about a global energy crisis 
it doesn't matter what part of the world you are in. You're going to be hit uh, 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 price-wise one way or another. So, well, this is what we're going to be addressing today. So from an energy perspective or from an energy security rather, you know, the today's uh, uh, decision by OPEC Plus with the announcement that it will slash oil production by about 2 million barrels a day. That is a major one. Why is this important, you may ask? It's because it was only in August that the Saudis told the Americans, well, we will increase production by about 100,000 barrels, which is like a drop in a bucket. So, because the way I look at it with this decision today is basically OPEC plus giving the middle finger to the, to the U.S. and the West for that matter, because OPEC will benefit from high prices. It's all about your interest. It's common sense. Uh, uh, OPEC and OPEC Plus are a cartel. What does a cartel look for? The bottom line is profit. No different than any other type of businesses and so forth. So this is why uh, already you are hearing, like here in the U.S., we are hearing uh, uh, members of Congress, senators, and all of a sudden talking like, for example, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Democrats from West Virginia, uh, Joe Manchin. He said already, today's announcement from OPEC Plus, and I quote here, let me get the quote here to make sure I quote it accurately uh, and as it is. So, and here's the quote. Today's announcement from OPEC Plus confirms why the United States must be energy independent, okay, and energy secure, so we cannot be intimidated by foreign adversaries, end of quote. What is he talking about? You know, again, I'm not laughing for laughing. I'm laughing at the stupidity. We've been hearing about this for years, for decades. You know, the U.S. has oil, but the lobby, lobbyists for Saudi Arabia here in the United States, making sure that the United States will not use this oil, but depends, stay or remain dependent on the Saudi oil. This is where the issue is. Yeah. Can we explore the oil here in the U.S.? Yes. Of course, our oil, we need a lot of refinement. And I remember I talked about this in quite detail. Needs a lot of refinement. You know, this is the difference between, uh, like, for example, Saudi oil or, or, or Iraq oil or Libya, or whatever. It's called sweet oil. Ours is very dirty, which means it needs a lot of refinement. But when you hear politicians, you know, talking about this, you know, if you are to do this, why don't you build the refineries? Instead of sending billions of dollars to some la-la land in Ukraine. You know, let's be honest about it. You know, I, I know there are those who said, well, do you know how long it takes to build a refinery? Yes, I do. This is not for next month. It's going to take a few years. But at least by then, because here it is, we were, we were talking about this a decade ago, two decades ago. Can you imagine by now if this infrastructure was put in place? What will it mean? And this is what, you know, this is one thing you need to understand about what politicians say versus what it is. They are two, two different things. You have to understand the, 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 uh, the, the dynamics of why a politician will issue uh, certain statements at a certain time. Okay, that is the important. And this is why, again, I, I made that decision uh, to establish or to launch this channel because this is what I'm going to be talking to you about. You know, live stream, addressing the issues head on. There is no recording. There is not. It's just live stream to talk with you so you can understand uh, the, the, the depth of the issues as they happen.
you know, this is not a form of news, by the way, because I'll be providing you a brief analysis, at least for you to uh, put things in perspective. And things will start to make sense to you. Mark my word on it. So this is what I'm going to be uh, doing soon in the next few days. So, so here's the thing that now the politicians are saying, OK, well, we need to here in the U.S. Yeah, uh, OPEC is not going to look at it that way. OPEC will care less what the American politicians are saying. So. Why? It's because only if you go back a few months ago, uh, uh, a price of a barrel dropped to $90. It used to be $140, $135, $138. Uh, but some uh, estimates that I found was about $140. Now it dropped to $90. Well, basically with this decision today, with OPEC Plus cutting to a million barrel a day, mike my word on it. The price of oil, the barrel is going to go up, and we're going to see that translated into the gas pump. I'm already noticing today, I filled up today, I think, and I noticed, wow, it was only last week. In some places with about $2.93, today was about $3.19. California still have it about $6.34, if I'm not mistaken. So this is the reason why I wanted to give you a heads up on this, because with the holidays coming in, coming up, you know, uh, you know, people travel, whatever, but you're going to have to think about it in terms of, how it's going to impact your finances. Because we all depend on oil, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you look at it. Yes, you hear, uh, like, for example, uh, the uh, Secretary of State saying, well, time to go to green energy. and All, all that is nothing by hypes. Come on. Uh, how are you going to switch a world economy from oil into, into green energy? It, it just, yes, it's feasible, but it's going to take, decades and decades and decades to happen. And this is where you need to understand the influence of oil on geopolitics. One of them is influenced by the other. They go almost hand in hand, but they impact each other one way or another. You know, if there is a conflict, like what we are witnessing in Ukraine, oil prices go up. If there's a conflict in the Middle East, oil prices go up. If there is peace around the world, Oil prices go down. It's it just the norm. That's how it is. So, but here is the idea is that OPEC plus members, which when we talk about members, the OPEC plus Russia, of course, they're looking at the bottom line, which making money on it, you know, because now you will expect the barrel of oil to go up above uh, almost above $100. I won't be surprised. You know, yes, there are those who argue that uh, the Saudis uh, sort of uh, join hand with the Russians. Yes, they did. It's because they are seeing where the trend is headed. They don't want to be left behind. They're seeing what's going to be taking place in Asia. They're seeing the markets. They're seeing how the energy, you know, whoever has access to it will kind of thrive, economically speaking. Unless you're going to be spending you, a government, uh, uh, whatever the government is, be spending large chunk of your budget on energy. Because that's what it's going to be. So all, uh, uh, OPEC plus countries, which is the OPEC plus uh, Russia, it, it's almost like a political chess game. Because that's what it was. you know. But also it gives you a hint as to how much influence OPEC plus will on the global stage. There are those who said, oh, Russia, we're going to sort of, that's it. Russia's economy is ruined. And all that. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so because... You know, they are not reporting the Western media and are reporting the accurate information. 
that that's where where the issue is so so what's going to be uh, because also russia needs to have oil prices higher most of it its budget depends on uh, uh, oil uh, saudi wants the oil prices higher uh, opec all of them you know it just it just common sense so and this is where uh, leads me to talk about the uh, oil and geopolitics per se well you look at it like three countries us russia and Saudi Arabia. It's almost like a triangle. Remember one time, about a month and a half, two months ago, whenever that was, I told you, only three countries that matter in the world, the uh, China, Russia, and the US. You know, When it comes down to energy now, you're looking at US, Saudi Arabia, and Russia. And this is why, this is why Saudis made a calculated and a strategic decisions to go ahead and snub the U.S. when President Biden went to Saudi Arabia in the summer, but, you know, they ignored his call. And the Saudis went ahead and embraced the Russians because they've seen where the trends is headed. So for the Saudis and Russians, the deal, this deal, the, the decision, the announcement about uh, cutting production or cutting uh, oil production by about 2 million barrels, they, the deal itself offers an opportunity. You know, not only to improve relations with each other, okay? But also to sustain cooperation throughout the challenging uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, implementation period of what's going on around the world. Because there is more than just uh, the Saudi-Russian relations regarding energy. There's the Ukraine crisis. There's, as I said, that's why I said at the beginning, you put this within the context of other issues, Brazilian elections. If you only know... What will happen if Lula Inesia de Silva wins the election? <laughs> it's a big deal. I am in, I am working on some uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, analysis for you down the road. If I get a chance, I will deliver it to you. So, uh, so this is why I'm saying you put this in perspective because you need to understand uh, where this is headed. So. But it appears that, uh, for me personally, that uh, OPEC cut, uh, the oil production here, has more to do with maybe sending a message or two to the West. You know, because that's how I see it. So, uh, and, and I can tell you, the two uh, uh, messages that I clear to me as, uh, as an analyst, the first one, it has to do with that OPEC is prepared to defend its profit. What do you expect? There is a shortage in energy, you know, because the Saudis, and I heard this one this morning from their oil minister, you know, I had to check this particular fact. It's, a, it's almost a word for word that he's saying, we're done with providing oil from our reserves. So you put the two and two together and figure, Oh, Saudis are buying oil from Russia at a discounted price, turning around and selling it at a higher price. It's no different than what China is doing with gas, natural gas. China is selling gas to Europe at a higher price. This is why now Europe is looking for closer proximity, like, for example, Algeria. Will it work? I don't know. There's even now a conversation between Nigeria and Morocco that they will have a pipeline uh, that will deliver gas to uh, Europe. But all this, you know, is going to take a while before it's established. Look what happened to Nord Stream 2, how long it took 
for that to be established only to be sabotaged last week, which is another topic for another day. It's fascinating, and, and who knows? I might, I might uh, get on the air and talk about it because there's a lot that people do not know, the background story. So, Because this is more than just a, a tech in a pipeline. You know, it's the how and who and, and so forth. So, so there's the bottom line. That's the first message is that OPEC is prepared to defend its profit. <laughs> as simple as it is. If cutting prices is going to allow them to tap into over $100 a barrel, that's what they're going to do. Do Heck with whatever the European Union is saying. Heck with whatever the Americans are saying. They don't care. And we all witness this. We all witness this when President Biden want to uh, Saudi Arabia. No. And it shows also that uh, the OPEC countries now have gotten used to prices over uh, maybe at $100 or maybe a little bit more because that's going to add to your budget, you as a government. you know. So despite the recession risk, which by the way, there is a recession out there. You know, uh, you know most governments, I think they are shy away from uh, uh, telling the truth that recession is here. You know, those prices keep going up. You know, how much uh, government is going to fight that with? Are you going to increase interest rate? You know, it's almost like what happened for us back in what my, around seventies, I think, late seventies or eighties or, or something like that, when uh, the interest rate went up to uh, almost twenty percent. Volger at that time it used to be his name is Volger. You know, I realized that what a stupid mistake. You know. And, and because the recession is there, is here already. So OPEC is thinking about it from that perspective. So, so that's the first one. And the second message is that it's more direct, if I may use the term, is by trimming production to support prices, OPEC plus demonstrate that it's willing now to ignore the, 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 the Americans' request. So for them to boost production, because remember, only in August, they said, well, we're going to, the Saudis told the American, which was a lip service, basically, that's what it was. They told the president, well, Mr. President, we will increase production by about 100,000 barrels. Like I said, it's a drop in a bucket. 100,000, what is it going to do? When you consider uh, just between the U.S. and China, they spend about almost 31 million barrels a day to manage their, their oil consumption. So 100,000, it's, it's nothing. And this is why, because the Biden administration wanted to request from the Saudis to boost production and help bring down the, the prices uh, of, of, of uh, gasoline at the gas pump. And it didn't happen. No. Yeah, like the trip, as I said, the trip uh, President Biden made in July, not August. I take this back. It was in July, not August, uh, to lobby basically for cheap oil. So the Saudis said, I don't think so. But there is another reason as to why Biden went over to Saudis. Can anybody guess? Yes, you guessed right. You know, It has to do with the concern over uh, the Saudis might be accepting deliveries of, of the energy to China in return for the Chinese yuan. Which means basically they will sell oil using the Chinese yuan, not the petrodollar. That is a big concern to the Americans still till today. And it is. We don't hear much about it. Maybe one day I'll do a video on it. So, you know, because we all know what it means. You know, you can't assume that uh, 
you know, switching from petrodollar to petro yuan, and the world will stay okay, financially speaking, that is. It's like with energy. What would happen if you start having, you know, if you start having uh, uh, this energy security to the point that it's becoming problematic? Some countries cannot access energy or others do not want to produce enough energy. So you can just see where the problem for this here. And that is one, one of the concerns uh, for the Americans, for the American administration rather, as to whether the Saudis will go forward with accepting the uh, petrol yuan instead of the petrodollar. This is now, it, there, there is a conversation behind the scenes, by the way, guys, which you won't hear anywhere else. You know, we didn't even talk about it here. I didn't, not yet at least. You know, there's a conversation behind closed doors as to uh, if this moves forward into that direction, could this pave the way for how, for example, BRICS is going to be manifesting itself on a global stage? Could it pave the way for the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperation uh, Organization? You know, what will ASEAN do? And this is why I said you have to pay attention to the global trends. And if you need to look, look down in Latin America with the upcoming election, Brazilian elections. Because if Lula wins the elections, Lula is the one that has pushed BRICS on the global stage. Because Lula is known in, in most of the southern hemisphere, most of the, you know, all the, the, the southern countries, Lula is well known. So could that be a boost again for BRICS now to step forward on the global stage? It's because there is one thing that I, I and I don't shy away from uh, providing my criticism, constructive one that is, about the BRICS. Because the BRICS has not demonstrated, you know, its ability to act on a global level. You know, could it be because uh, its organizational structure, it's not strong enough? Could it be that it needed more members? Which, by the way, there is a conversation about other members like, for example, the Saudis, like Argentina, Argentina, like Turkey. You know, Iran is already on the SCO. Could BRICS be next? And they all have something in common. They all are producers and consumers of oil. Main one. This is why I'm saying those trends will provide an indication as to where things are headed. So the announcement today didn't happen in a vacuum. I just want you to know this. It was it was it was well calculated. It was strategic, because they are they the members of the OPEC plus are seeing where trends are headed, not only economically but also geopolitically, because the conflicts in Ukraine shows no sign of, uh, you know, it, it's and and by the way, there are those who said, well, the, the war and all that, the war didn't even start yet. Maybe one day again, we'll talk about this topic. Let me let me see. Uh, I have to put my glasses because the writing is so small. Uh, as I said earlier, if you can let me know at least uh, what part of the world you are joining from, so that would be great to know. Yeah, there are some comments here. And, uh, there was one here that says, did you watch yesterday? That's from uh, Frisbee. 
He said, "You want? You want? Did you watch yesterday the European Community meeting? Yesterday, the AC is confident that there won't be an energy crisis in your in EU. I, I see your point, but they are in denial. They're in denial. There's a a serious serious energy crisis in Europe. You know, of course, with this uh, sabotage of uh, uh, Nord Stream One, Nord Stream Two, uh, there is a lot lot behind the scenes. You know." Don't just be consumed what you read on here and on TV and all that stuff. There is a lot behind behind the scenes for that. So that is the reason for why uh, you need to understand where this is headed. So let me, uh, uh, you know, just to provide a conclusion for this here for you guys, just to put things in perspective. Once again, the announcement is where it's, it's strategically uh, designed, shall we say, for it to be announced at this time. Interesting enough, because, I mean, the meeting was announced back in the summer that they will have a meeting in October, which is, was yesterday or the day before, somewhere around that. Uh, but but it's not about that. It is about how it coincided now with the sabotage of the uh, the pipelines in, uh, in, uh, in the Black Sea, in Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. How it coincided also with now, you got Norway, uh, I think Denmark and Poland now, uh, using their own their own pipeline to deliver uh, uh, gas to Europe. It's all about money because that project is about 1.6 billion dollars. Makes you wonder who really, really was behind or sabotaging uh, this particular uh, pipeline. So, but the Russians have already mentioned it, that they're gonna fix it. It's already fixed certain aspect. The gas leak is uh, dropping. The pressure is dropping. So it's. Uh, it's remained to be seen, and I'll I'll keep an eye on it. Maybe I'll come on the air and, and share some information with you. So, so here's my uh, question for you for today: you know, Can a rise in oil prices lead to military confrontation? Once again, can a rise in oil prices lead to a military confrontation? Let me know what you think, and and just leave me some comments, and I will check it out for you because I usually check out these comments here. As always, guys, prepare yourself for the changing world order. Till next time. Bye-bye.